Hey everyone, welcome to Buzzing About Romance podcast. I am Becky. And I am Leah. And uh, just a note, make sure you stick around to the end as we have an exclusive clip from Bittersweet Promises by Carrie Ann Ryan provided to us from Lyric Audiobooks, which, by the way, if you haven't read this book, you absolutely should put this book on your TBR. It, it is on my good. TBR. I haven't read it, but I am excited for it. Second chance romance, single mom, but Second she gen. is a smart powerhouse of a lady. She's a physicist. Anyway, um... So, Leah, what are we talking about on this episode of the podcast? this episode, Riley Edwards is coming to hang out with us, and I'm so excited. (laughs) She is one of my favorite authors and favorite people in the world, and I'm so excited that she said yes, and she's going to hang out with us for a while. Well, I'm delighted for the opportunity to chat with her. She has been a huge supporter of ours and mm-hmm. um, so many people within our community love her books and we do actually have community questions for her. Um, we do. Maybe Amanda and- will get an early Christmas gift. Oh, maybe. maybe. I guess time will tell. <laughs> but it is funny and we put the question out in our Discord channel about who has questions for Riley Riley and literally like three seconds later there was like 17 comments uh because you have a secret super secret society of sus- you're not a super secret society readers. you're just jealous of our super secret society I you thought you weren't a super secret it. society okay We're not you just um, want to be part of it Riley Edwards is a Wall Street Journal and USA Today best-selling author white and millet white <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> Do you want me to read it? No. Riley Edwards is a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author, wife, and military mom. Riley writes heart-stopping romances with sexy alpha heroes and even stronger heroines. Riley's favorite genre to write are romantic suspense and military romance. And this is why enunciation is important, people. Yes. To the interview. Welcome to the podcast, Riley. Hi there. Thanks uh, for having me. We are so excited. You've been on our list for a while and um, we made it. We finally were able to get everybody's <laughs> schedules organized and make it work. Um, yes. Well, and we have our community is huge fans, like so many of our community members. Leah has this special secret romantic suspense society that she keeps gathering Do. people to. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> so um, one of the things we like to do when we have our author spotlights is we kind of like to get to know the author and what brought them on the journey of being an author, because this is not an easy um, career choice, but we're always mm-hmm. curious what inspired, particularly inspired you to write romance. So why an author? Well, I actually started out as a content editor Um, and I love to read. I've always loved romance, um, romantic suspense, military suspense in particular. And uh, I was doing some content editing for an author um, and it got kind of in our relationship as it grew, I was helping her kind of rewrite some, some, large chunks of her books. Um, And one day she came to me and just said, you know, why don't you write your own book? You know, uh, you're rewriting half of mine. Um, And I said, no, I I don't know how to write a book. I have no idea. I can't do this. And uh, so we kind of went back and forth a little bit. And then she pulled out the big guns and she's like, well, are you too chicken shit to do it? Or like, (laughs) what's, what's stopping you? And I thought, all right. Well, now you know she she threw it out there. She's I'm gonna have to totally called me, called me out on it. So yeah, I sat down and um, had no idea what I was gonna write about, and I opened a document and I wrote Night Stalker in three weeks. Um, and I sent it to her and I said, "Well, here it is," and it was unedited, first draft, like it was so bad. 
had. And uh, she's like, now get an editor and publish it. And I said, no freaking way. And she uh, called me out again. So I thought, you know what? I'm, I'm friends with Abby Zanders. Um, I'm a huge fan of Abby's. And uh, I emailed her one day, not understanding way back when, nothing about publishing, how busy authors are, you know, that it would probably be kind of rude just to email someone out of the blue and say, hey, can you read this manuscript for me? <laughs> Thankfully, you know, Abby is such a doll. She's so sweet. She said, yeah, I'll read it. And she read it and she came back uh, like a week later and she said, um, you need to publish this. And I thought, holy shit, coming from Abby Zanders, like she's just being really nice. And she goes, you should delete about half the F words you use in the book and uh, publish it. And I found an editor, did not delete a single F word in hindsight. I was gonna say, I'm... if you deleted a lot, there's still a lot in there. No, I didn't delete any. And it like, in hindsight, maybe I should have deleted half of them and taken her wise advice, but um. Yeah, and I published, and then I, I don't know, just more stories started coming, and I just, I continued, um, but I did start with um, Military Romance with Night Stalker Red Team, um, and then I got invited to do this, um, this anthology, but it was BDSM, and I thought, why not? I'll give it a shot, so I wrote, you know, two short story BDSM books for that. Um, and that was back when I didn't understand that you probably shouldn't genre jump around. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's just continued from there. How, um, when did you start writing? When did you publish Night Stalker? Um, 2016. Okay. Okay. I think yeah. though, like jumping genres and stuff, you kind of have to do the, that though to find your place because it, you know, yes, you started in suspense and military, but you know, who knows? Maybe you had jumped to small town. You would have been like, wait, I'm feeling my vibe over here. I kind of got it. Um, so like, what did you learn from jumping from military romance and BDSM? Did you kind of learn what was best for you for genre or did it help you kind of yeah, maybe expand I mean what you were writing a little bit too? It did. So I enjoyed writing um, the the BDSM romance. I do. I love those stories, but I found that um, I really love romantic suspense. Mm -hmm. So I I went right back to it. Um, that's just that's kind of where my heart is. So while I enjoy those stories, they just I couldn't see myself writing that long term. That's that's for sure. As fun as they were to write, I just my heart is is my former military or active military. I just I love my protector romance. Mm -hmm. Well, and I feel like the there's an element to the BDSM like you have to be like all in, and there's few authors that can do a series in that style and make it work long term. I agree. Um, so Riley, what kind of, what's your writing process like? Are you a pantser, a planner, somewhere in between? I'm a total pantser. Um, when I start a book, I don't know what the drama is. I usually, uh, know what the backstory of the characters are, loose backstories. As I get further on into a series, I know because I've written about them in prior books, but, um, <laughs> When I'm starting a series and I'm, I'm setting up, you know, the rest of the books, um, I'm winging it. I, I don't know. It just kind of unfolds as I write it. And I, I have tried to plot books and I just, I can't do it. My, my brain does not work that way. It has to just kind of come naturally to me as I'm writing. Now, do you have an overall like plot idea, like a series plan like, you know that book one, book two, book three, you know, it's going to be six books and these characters are going to be in each book. Do you, do you have that at least? Yeah. Well, I, when I, when I do start a series, um, I know who the team is going to be. I know who the guys are going to be. Um, I don't know who their heroines are going to be. Um, and I don't even know their personalities until I start writing the book. And throughout the series, I don't know whose book is next. 
I figure that out as I'm writing the book prior. Um, so I can't like, I'm, I'm in writing take back right now. Um, and I don't know who my next hero is going to be. Um, it'll kind of come a little bit later on in the book and I'll figure out, okay, yeah, he's, he's got some good page time in this, you know, in this book. Um, and you know, I'm ready to tell his story, but in the beginning, I don't, I have no idea what the order of the books are going to be. So do you pick your titles and covers before you start your series completely? Or do you just pick like your images to work from? I usually don't have my cover, my, my cover designer, Lori, God love her. She is the best around. I will send her an image and a title and say, you know, how soon can you have this for me? <laughs> um, because she knows well, I don't you, figure out with the silver team. I, I was going to say, because you said you have your silver team covers. Yes, and so like, I have, you have all that my silver. All set. Yep. I have all my silver team covers done. Um, I think that's the first time I've done that where I found all the images. I had them ready to go. Um, now I know the type because well, those are easy. Well, because they're, they're guys names. Right, yeah, they're so I was going to say, like, you don't have to figure out titles for those ones. Right. So all she has to do is she'll go in and fix the order, the number, mm -hmm. you know, the book number. But um, I, I do. I have all of the uh, the covers for those. And they are, they're excellent. They're so, they're so hot. I can't wait to put are, them out there. Now, on Echo Kent level, are they better or, like, okay compared to the echo kent cover because let me tell you that cover is wonderful isn't it's it new that one. yeah that's a golden image um uh -huh. and i i saw that i've had that image for a long time and as soon as i saw mm -hmm. that i'm like that's Kent. i'm gonna grab that right now i'm not gonna need it for nine months but i'm i have to have this image um so that that's hard because on a scale of one to 10, like he's a 15. So mm -hmm. we'll dial back my silver team back to a 10. Um, okay. But I think out of those books, four of those are golden images. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I love his, his photos. So um, mm -hmm. yeah, they're, they're really good. Yeah. It, it's, it's, they're good covers, but echo. Yeah. Echo and Phoenix. I mean, I really did. I like Phoenix too. Mm -hmm. That's, That's just something about those Kent boys. Yeah, there is. <laughs> um, so Riley, what would you say is the hardest thing for you about being an author? Oh my goodness. Um, deadlines. <laughs> <laughs> deadlines are the hardest thing. See, so I am extremely wordy. So I have these deadlines and you know I release eight to ten books a year so I have to stay on deadline and there's some books that I think okay well I can do a 70,000 word book and then it goes on and on and on and I'm at 80 or 85 or 90,000 words and so you know it takes me longer to write which makes me get behind um so yeah it's it's the deadlines that are are killer like I can't type the words fast enough um, but I, I love, I love what I do. I love being an author. I love storytelling. Um, so I, I don't have a single complaint about it. It's funny. Cause the, the word thing, I was on an author's Facebook group and she was talking about how like, she always sets out to write like a 60,000 word, like story. Cause she wanted it to be shorter. It just was like completely separate. She's like, it's a hundred thousand words. She's like, if I set out to write a hundred thousand word book, I make it. But if I do more or less, like it never fails. She has like that sweet spot. Yeah. yeah I think when I first started writing, my books were definitely shorter. Um, and then as I've, I've continued, my word counts are creeping up and up and up. Um, and there are some books I, I can dial back a little bit, um, but I just, I get wordy and then I go off on these tangents and next thing you know, you know, I, I don't know where the, cause I don't plot. So it just has to go where it goes. Um, well, and I'm, so, you're a big fan of the monologue 
too. And like, sometimes your monologues, like for a certain character will be like three or four pages long because they just get in that moment and just keep going. I'm like, it's so strange because there are some books where, yeah, that monologue and I have a lot of them and they're long. Mm -hmm. Um, And then some of my books are really dialogue heavy. Um, I love dialogue. Like sometimes I think I should have just been like a screenplay writer. (laughs) Because I, I love dialogue, especially when there's an argument or, mm-hmm. you know, there's some sort of angst and it has to be figured out. Like, I just want to, I want to get into it. I don't want to tell the reader what's happening in the room or where they are. Like, I just, I want this conversation to take place and flow and not be interrupted with anything else. Um, so yeah, it's, it's strange to me how some books are really monologue heavy and then some are dialogue heavy. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't plan it out. I, I wish that there was a method to my madness, but it, each book's just it, kind of different. But it, it works. And it's one of those things that I like about your books is you never know like what to expect, like whether you're going to get those monologues and those like hard truth moments, which you always have those, but it just it really kind of depends on who your main characters are. So which side characters show up the most? Cause like when it, when Jasper shows up and he monologues, like you, you sit back and, and you listen cause it's Jasper Walker speaking. Yeah, I, I love Jasper. And I love when I get to give him page time because mm-hmm. I feel like, you know he also has something important to say. So I, uh-huh. I do love bringing him back. Yeah. Okay, as you bring up Jasper Walker, Amanda, one that is part of uh, Leah's insane fangirl group. I'm insane. Do not oh, even right. say that. So wait, are you talking about Amanda, who's Jasper's book wife? Yes, yes. that Amanda. She said, oh, no, God. Amanda. Yeah. No, um, she no joke said, would you mind asking Riley if she would go on the record saying that Jasper Walker is Amanda's book husband? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know Amanda as Jasper's wife, book wife. Yeah. I mean, Emily just this is Emily, make I mean, day. sometimes like sometimes like takes a back seat because Amanda's home. Oh you know, like a, a sister wife. <laughs> seriously there is this like little insane pocket and i'm sorry you people are insane that are like you're not insane but you're perfectly sane so as part of our as part of our community and what we do with the podcast we have a discord server and um they get over there in one of our romantic suspense channels they get over there and then they start talking about like the walkers and this team or that team and between amanda and uh merit and Leah, I'm mm-hmm. like never sure what conversation I'm coming into because they're all like, well, and I already just like and... I already said that I pre-licked Echo, so nobody can have him. He's mine already. So yes. Um. Yep. So one of the things that came up in conversation was when are the Folly characters getting books? Dalton and Vanessa, Jace and Tim. These people, like you don't Damn. understand. It took less than 30 seconds response when I said, hey, you guys, we have an upcoming uh, conversation with Riley Edwards. What would you like me to ask? And I thought maybe they're going to really ask for some inspiration. The, the no. side character question was one of the first ones they asked about, because as everybody knows, if you're not going to write a book for a character, you should never name them. That's the I rule. know. Well, okay, so. It is the role. And I know the role because as a reader, I am a nosy reader. So I don't like, well, I'm not a huge fan of standalones because I want to know everyone's story. I, mm-hmm. I'm so nosy. And like, if there's even the slightest, if you tell me the character's color hair, I want to know if she has dyed it or if that's natural or why, or like you give it to me. So I know better than to name characters. And when I named Tim, I don't know why mm-hmm. I named Tim. I never planned on writing Tim's book. And then people asked and I thought, well, maybe. And then the more they well, asked- Well, he keeps showing back up. Well, he showed up again because everyone was asking and I'm like, okay, watch this. Watch this. <laughs> Hold my beer. I'm See gonna what put I can him do. in another book and tease you some more. <laughs> So you're really just taunting your readers with these side characters. She is. Now I'm, I'm using Tim to taunt. That's <laughs> no, so fun. So 
She's a Tim so, Tease. I <laughs> I've been called worse, but yes, I'm a Tim Tease. That's awesome. <laughs> so, um, I'll make just, that a I hashtag. I know, right? So I had to find a place to put Tim. I don't, I, because he wasn't meant to have a book, so he, he's not going to work anywhere into my existing series. So, so he's, um, so he's going to be the start of a new one? Yes. <gasps> well, I not was just start. kind of joking, but yay. So not not going to be the start, but he is going to be in a new series. Yes, he will not be book one. Dalton and Vanessa will be book one in the new series. So everyone knows if, if they've read me before, I love my spinoffs. Mm-hmm. I love my spinoffs because I love my characters and I can't bear to not to like say goodbye to them. So well, everybody shows up somewhere. Right. So I started with the 707. I moved into triple canopy or into uh, next generation and then went into triple canopy. And I have a lot of characters to keep track of now. Like there is a lot. So I thought, okay, well, I'm going to have to end the series here. I can't, there's just too many characters. And the more I thought about ending it, I just, I couldn't see myself doing it. So I am going to spin that off one more time. And this is it. I promise that I'm not going to spin it off anymore. She lies. lies. (laughs) I'm calling it right now. In a year, we're going to oh. have you back. I'm going to be like, hey, how's that spinoff from the Triple Canopy? Like, <laughs> what's coming up next? And you're going to be like, well, oh, it's another spinoff. I got one more spinoff in me. <laughs> I know. I know. At so, that point, um, though, she'll have to go to the third generation. Well, at that point, I mean, if we're going to do soap opera time jumps here, yeah, I think Carson Rose um, should be like 26 at this point. Exactly. I don't, I don't know. So um, I'm going to start a new series. It's going to be called Hollow Point. Um, and that's just the town in which they live in. Um, and I am going to bring back all the side characters that I want to write. So we have Dalton, who mm-hmm. is... Um, Phoenix's, Phoenix's partner. partner. Um, we have Jace, who is Ethan's partner. Mm-hmm. From the next He's generation. For those of you from that need everybody generation. straight. Yeah, from the next generation. And then we have Bryce and Jackson, who are both firefighters. So they're going to have some buddies that are going to need stories. Are we going to get Jackson's brothers or Bryce's brothers? Not Jackson's so brothers. But Bryce's Bryce's. Bryce's. So they're so they're on my list of to bring back because and this is gonna be a different kind of series for me because it's not gonna be a team of guys that I'm used to writing. Mm-hmm. What's gonna hold this series together is they all know each other, they all live in the same area. They so there will be interaction, it's just not going to be my normal team of guys. And then I'm going to bring Tim in. So Tim did start in Triple Canopy when he helped rescue one of my heroines. So um, I figured he's got to come back. He's going to come back to Georgia and talk to the guys at TC and leave the DEA. And he's real lost right now. I can see it in her face. Um, No, well, kind of, I love that you're kind of taking them small town though, because Mm -hmm. it gives Uh opportunity for one, you can grab readers who tend to read more small town that aren't necessarily as heavy into mil. I struggle with military romances. It has to be written a certain way that it doesn't sometimes military romances can sometimes feel fetishized. And uh-huh. it, it, I struggle with it. It's just something that I struggle with. And um, Leah's like, I had to read this book and this book and this book by you. And I did audiobooks because that's just easier for me right now in my life. Right. Um, and I liked yours. I really liked yours because it wasn't, it didn't feel like this fetization of military uh, personnel. But I like that you're going small town with it because for those of us that I like romantic suspense, as Leah will tell you, I am yeah. super picky with my romantic suspense, but I yeah. do like it in a small town setting, like a kidnapping in a small town setting. I'm in a, you know, a stalker in a small town setting. I'm all in. 
in. So I you like these that. keywords here, stalker, kidnapping. These are things I love. Yeah, I'm, I'm all about stalkers, kidnappings. I mean, a good explosion here and there to throw in. Um, yeah, and I feel like with the Triple Canopy series, it was less military, more romantic suspense, mm -hmm. and maybe even a little bit more contemporary in there because they, while it is, it is definitely that protector, you know, that alpha protector, my heroes are all in. Like it, it might take them a little bit in the beginning, but once they're in, they are in, that's mm -hmm. it. There's no more back and forth. Um, but these were more, I think that the triple canopy series was definitely more emotional, like inner turmoil, more emotional, um, which I love to write. It's like this perfect marriage for me of contemporary and romantic suspense because I get all the great parts of contemporary without the creative drama. And I love me some contemporary romance. I'm not bashing on my fellow contemporary, you know, authors. Mm -hmm. I, um, but I just, I struggle with reading something. If there's an argument or a misunderstanding and it can just take one conversation. I struggle with that taking three chapters. Yeah. I want it done in a, um, and that's where I, I like that dialogue and that arguing and, and really kind of getting into it. Um, that's what I like to write. So mm -hmm. I feel like with the Triple Canopy series, I was able to kind of bring both of those together and get some really good, you know, like all of my heroes are tortured. They have really sh crappy backstories and like, bad families and you know so they have well, a but lot your of heroines issues. were not all like sunshine and roses either in that yeah. series yeah I, yeah i i definitely tortured some of those as well that's for sure but i think that there's something beautiful when two people come together who have you know what society would say baggage or they're damaged and they come together and they can find peace within each other. And mm -hmm. I think that, you know, and they, they can help each other get through issues. And um, I like when a heroine can do it for herself. He might be with her and helping her and encouraging her, but he, she doesn't need to be saved. She just needs someone in her corner mm -hmm. to, to get her started well, I or, think, or get her over something. And I think that's what I liked about the books that I listened to from you is that it's not damsel in distress, even though there's like outside, you know, there's problems distress. and stress. It right. wasn't damsel in distress. She didn't need him to fix her problems. It's more of a help mm -hmm. lift me up, move and I can move forward. Um, it's that hand up versus... Right you know, cutting the ropes on the railroad track kind of thing. And I well, liked it's that, that. It's that stand beside me, not in front yeah. of me. It's There's this internal yeah. strength to your female um, heroines that I really connected with. I really enjoyed that. Um, because yeah, some, I appreciate that. sometimes we don't get, sometimes in romance, it can be this love-hate relationship with female characters. Because a lot of times we cast our own selves in that female character role as we're reading and you know we all like oh the book boyfriend and you know you don't always or the the heroine you'll be like oh the hero was great in this book but boy that heroine annoyed me if you take a moment and you look back you're kind of like oh it's because i see myself in her like <laughs> i do those yeah. things and so for you to yeah. write these big impactful women that are so strong and resilient i just i really liked that and i appreciate that which is why, like, I think seven of your books were nominated originally for our Girl Crush episode. Mm -hmm. There was a lot. That's so awesome. I love to hear that. Thank you. Thank you a lot. Um, so, Merit. Yeah, the, no, the Girl Crush. I mean, that, that was so awesome. I, I listened to that today. And <laughs> I love you guys. Like, that is one of, I, I love your guys' podcast. And it's. I think I emailed Becky earlier and said, you know, it's one of the things where as a listener to your podcast, you can hear that you guys love books. Yeah. You genuinely love books and it comes across that way. Um, and so I, I totally dig listening to you guys. Oh, well, thank you. Cause sometimes Thanks. I feel like <laughs> we're like, are we freaks and how much we love books? And like, everyone's like, 
I somebody was messaging me yesterday about a book they were reading and they were giving some plot points. And I'm like, I haven't gotten to that one yet. It's on my schedule to read like today. And she's like, oh, I just assume you've read every book. And I'm like, no, I read a lot of books, but not not every book. <laughs> I'm not quite there yet. Yeah. I can't even imagine. <laughs> we try. We try our hardest to read every book. Oh my gosh. But there's not enough hours in the day. No. Um, well, you know what? To go back to one of your earlier questions, I think I need to amend my answer. You you asked about you know, what is the hardest thing about being a, an author. And the one thing is that since I have started writing, I went from reading you know 350 novels a year to about none mm-hmm. yeah. you know it's so hard when I'm writing I don't read um I don't read books while I'm writing um and with the exception of Susan Stoker because I you know I wrote in her world so I read Susan um and I, I she's always the anomaly art. isn't she Leah she, she Susan is. Stoker yes, the, is they the like anomaly. to refer to it as the Susan Stoker effect yeah it is it is for sure. Um, and you know, I can, I can, my other friends, you know, when, when they publish books or I get arcs from them, I can read a little bit, but it's usually like the first three chapters. And I just, because I'm constantly writing and I, I don't like to read in my genre when I am writing. Mm -hmm. Um, so that is the hardest part about being an author is that I can no longer read all the books all the time that I want to. There's actually a few authors that we've talked to that say when they're in writer mode, like if they write contemporary, they will read only historical. If they write historical, they will read only contemporary because they don't want to subconsciously like take a plot point and put into their book. So they read something that's completely like out of like the realm of what they're writing. Yeah, I have been writing something and I'm like, oh, that's really good. I'm like, did I read that somewhere? Wait a minute. Have I heard that? Mm-hmm. I must have heard that. Because that's some really good stuff I just wrote. I'm like, <laughs> I should delete that. Yeah. I might have read that somewhere. But- I don't know. And I, I'll start deleting stuff because I'm so afraid that I, because I have read so many books. I'm like, mm-hmm. that was some good shit right there. So I <laughs> You know what, though? We have authors... But- that we do work for that will send us a, you know, a passage and they'll be like, can you tell us if this is part of something else? And I'll read it. And I did have to tell one author, I was like, listen, this interaction right here is really similar to a book by this author. So you need to get your own spin on it. And I know that you've read that author. Um, And they're like, Oh, okay. Thank you. Thanks for letting me know. And I'm like, Yeah. yeah, sure. No problem. Um, because Leah and I have a very wide repertoire of books and mm-hmm. authors that we read. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, you know, some people are like, you're like this own little encyclopedia. Because honestly, you can say to me, hey, can you think of a book that has this in it? And I can say, oh, yeah, I know that this book by this author has that. And this book, what was the weird one someone asked me? Oh, a breakfast and Tiffany's reference. Someone's like, can you think of some romance books that have breakfast and Tiffany's references? And I actually was able to pull like five out of my hat. And I was like, these five. And that's so obscure and so random. What is wrong with me? (laughs) The list. This is is why we claim to be the authorities and we have the podcast. Um, I I think that's the truth. (laughs) Okay. So Merritt wants to know, Inspiration for characters like Phoenix and Road, the way they jump into being a dad and lift the moms up makes her heart melt. So where, for these single dads, where do you get this, or these men that come into these single mom relationships, where do you get this inspiration? Um, so we're going to get real personal. Um, (laughs) so I was, no, when I met my husband, I was a single mom. And when I met him, he was all in. That's so awesome. That was, that was it. Um, and you know, we, since, since we've been married, we have more children. And, um, I remember when I was pregnant with my son, who is my fourth child, um, a friend of ours asked my husband, well, are you going to name him after yourself and have, you know, a junior? 
And my, I remember my husband stopped and kind of looked at him and, you know, said, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, you know, your, your first son, are you going to name him after you? And he said, this isn't my first son. And he was referring to, you know, his stepson, my son from a, a previous relationship. And from there, it was like, wow, like it really hit me that all these years, I mean, we've been married a long time by then, but it really did hit me that it, my older son was his. I mean, he raised him. It was his. There was no question. There was no doubt. He was all in. He, you know, treated them as if they were his. And I just, I find that to be so incredibly just appealing. So swoony. Um, so swoony. So, yeah. They, he's it is. boyfriend material. It's, you know, yeah. It, and I, you know, I was, I had a stepmother growing up and she was just all about me. Like I had an excellent stepmother. Like I, she is everything right in this world. And she really taught me what it, what it's to be a mother and a step parent. Um, so I think between the both of them that I really draw inspiration from that, um, so, yeah. That's so it's, sweet. It's, I love that. I love that so much. Big shout out to Mr. Edwards there for his uh, being a good guy there. Like, yeah. we'll give him all the love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Do you want to ask the next question, Leah, that we have yes. to get through through these people so they don't like come So they us. want to know where Zane came from. Now, Zane, as everybody knows, is my all-time favorite Riley Edwards book boyfriend. He, I licked him first. He was my book boyfriend, boy crush. He's on a t-shirt as Leah. He's on a t-shirt, so it, he's mine. <laughs> but is he based on people you know, or did you just yeah. imagine him? Um. So Zane Lewis. Um. Zane's book is dedicated also to my husband. Um. My husband was in the military. And, um, he is an absolute sarcastic, um, one liner. Like if you don't know him, he can sometimes come across as an ass. I love him dearly, but he is just, his sense of humor is such that he does not like, he's just sarcastic. He doesn't pull punches. Um, if I need to know the truth, I know that my husband is going to tell me the truth. If it's going to hurt my feelings, he's going to mm-hmm. cushion it for me. He, he's not going to be mean about it, but he's never, ever, ever going to lie to me. He's not going to tell me something just to, you know, make me feel better. And I think that that in a lot of ways is Zane. He tells the truth always. Mm-hmm. And he's the first one to put up this front that he is this big, strong, tough guy. And he doesn't, you know... He, he give, you know, zero fucks given, but at the end of the day, he cares so deeply Mm -hmm. that it almost is in my mind when I'm writing him, it's almost paralyzing to him because he cares. Um, and so I, I took a lot of that from, from my husband. Um, and I just kind of juiced that up, you know, like it's my husband on steroids is is kind of where where things came from that's so fun um okay because again amanda Mm -hmm. unbalanced um real life jasper because and i quote i'm going to need someone to hold my wine while i book travel arrangements (laughs) well jasper is totally made up i have no inspiration for jasper um, like he, he, no one from my real life, um, is, is Jasper. I just, and it's, what's funny about Jasper is when I first write, wrote the 707, I really thought that readers would connect to, um, Clark, who is the last hero in that book. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought that he was, cause he's a little bit older and, and a little bit more gruff. And I thought, okay, readers will connect to this and nope readers latched on to Jasper and that was it. And I still, I, I wish I knew why I wish because I would replicate that with every single one of my heroes. Um, but out of, out of, you know, the, the 707 
kind of series and then the spinoffs, it's always Jasper. But I feel like you kind of did with the Walker daughters. Not that Jason isn't like his Jasper-esque in his own right, but those four girls, like they epitomize Jasper Walker in a way that you never expect. Yeah. Yeah, and I especially, um, well, I love Quinn. Quinn mm-hmm. is, and I, I write Quinn, um, and I take a lot of inspiration from that character from my daughter, Alexandra. She's um, almost 19. She is the funniest person I know. Like, she is the person that um, when you need, when you were in trouble, you can call her and she's going to be there. But if you just want to hang out and have coffee, she's going to tell you no. Um, like, <laughs> No, like she doesn't have time for that. She's got better things to do with her life. No coffee, but you know, if your tires flat, she's going to come fix it for you because she knows how to do it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the the Walker girls um, did take after their dad for sure. Um, especially, especially Quinn. Mm-hmm. So fun. Um, it's so funny that Jasper is just resonates so much with your readers. Um, yeah, because there's just something about those, those OG 707, like members that people just, they love them. And the fact that they continue to show up is something that we just, we love to see, but there's just something about the way that Jasper's story transpired that you just, you wanted more and then you got more and you're like, oh damn, I still need more. See, that's why I keep writing spinoffs. I just want more. Like, I can't mm-hmm. say goodbye. Oh, no. Um, so I went looking over at Fantastic Fiction to, like, figure out how many books you've written. Um, sister, you've written a lot of books. A lot. Um, so you have a fairly large backlist. If someone is just finding you right now where would you have them start? What's the best representation of you as an author currently that you think they should read? Oh, oh my goodness. Um, best representation of me currently um, would probably be my take back series. Um, but if you want to start back at the beginning and kind of see how I uh, progress as an author, how I kind of hone in my storytelling, how I, you know, bring my readers along through series, I would definitely say start with the 707, start with free, um, because that will give you, uh, that'll just take you on a journey through three series. If you start with free, keep an open mind that you will hate Carter Lennox for a good portion of his book. But you won't hate him by the end. Just, just throwing that out there, people. Poor Carter. <laughs> I feel like poor Carter gets such a raw deal. I need to go back and reread that book. He was such an ass I, I, for like the first. Like, isn't that the 50... one you just listened, re-listened to? Too. No, I was in the I was in the next generation for oh, the re-listens. Okay. But no, so Carter is book one. He's such a dick at the beginning of the book, such a dick. And I say this and everybody agrees with me and I love these stories. He does redeem himself. And then when he shows up in the next generation, like, and he like calls out his own kids for their stupidity and you're my child. And like, I should have told you not to be this stupid. It it brings it full circle, Carter Lennox. It's full circle. Guys, you should see Becky's yeah. face right now. I'm dying that you're telling an author that her character's like a jackass. Like, okay. No, but she knows so much. I love her books. No, she's, you know, she's absolutely right. And I, I love how, so there was something in the first book. And I do remember where um, Lily has left. His heroines left. They, he, they've broken up and she's left. And some stuff happens, well, like it would be a spoiler. Crush yes, her. Yes, he did. He, he crushed her, and he thought stupidly because you know he's a dumb guy that he was doing the right thing, um, and he left and let her leave. And then 
um, the guys are all sitting around the table. Do you remember that? This is the only part of the, the book I remember with any clarity. They're sitting around the table and the guys are like, you need to go after her, you idiot. And they're yeah. like giving him a hard time about it because they know the truth. They know what's happening to Lily and mm -hmm. why he needs to go find her. Um, and I think that's kind of where like the whole Jasper, like each one of those books, you got a little bit of wisdom from one of the teammates. Mm -hmm. um, and it's usually Jasper who kind of, in, you know, instigated that, like that, that truth moment where you're being a total asshole. They did. They told him and he was so an idiot. And a dickhead. Yeah. And he was a dumbass. Yeah. And I think all of those yeah. words were used in the conversation. Also. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. And I mean, he, and as soon as he had that eye opening moment, he rushed after her. And of but course, it's a she did not. But she did not like let him like fawn all over her. She stuck to her guns for a little bit. Cause she's a badass. Yeah. Because he hurt her. So she had to, he had to work for it. For sure. Uh -huh. But no, I, I agree. <laughs> you can tell me he's an asshole. I know. So but again, he redeems himself. He's not an asshole by the end of the book. And when you get to the next generation, it's like, it's, it's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> okay. Um, well, he's able, he's able to tell his son, listen here, you little asshole. Exactly. Um, I You're a dumbass. I Right, I went through this. What are you doing? Uh, you, you know, you know the story of your mom and I. Why are you repeating history? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he 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 was able to, you know, help his kids. So funny. Um, okay, so you just released Shattered, which was book seven in the Triple Canopy series. And yes. what can we expect next from you? Um, next I am releasing, I got to grab my list because there's so many books coming up. So I have, um, Dangerous Mind. Okay. And that comes yep, in December? In December. And then January of next year, we're going back to the blue team and that'll be the final book in the blue team series, Garrett's book. Who we have been waiting um, forever, forever four well garrett garrett wasn't supposed to get a book either i mean he's all the way back from the red team so we're talking three series ago he wasn't exactly. supposed to get a book for um, yeah so it, it, yeah from 2016 is when i introduced him so yes he will finally get his book um and he will end the blue team okay yeah um so many good books on the horizon from you which is exciting i know leah Cannot wait. She like pre-orders um, everything. Well, thank you. The moment she can. Um, mm -hmm. Riley, thank you so much. One, thank you so much for supporting the podcast because I know that you share um, our episodes with your readers and you tell other authors about us. And um, so thank you. Thank you for being such a great um, friend of the podcast. Mm -hmm. And um, thanks for coming on and chatting with us for this episode. Yeah, I love you guys. I I so much appreciate what you do for the community as a whole. Um, it's awesome. And I just, I love the way that you guys love books. Well, thank you. Thanks. Because, you know, we're not sure our spouses do. <laughs> <laughs> no. Anyway. They put up with us. They do. Well, my, my spouse and kids, you know, my husband and kids, they uh, put up with me too when I'm out here, you know, 30 hours in front of my computer. So I, I understand. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. That was a delightful, delightful chat. Oh, I just love her so much. Like, honestly, I loved her before and I just love her so much more now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, before we get into all our business, here is an exclusive clip from Bittersweet Promises by Carrie and Ryan from Lyric Audiobooks. Bittersweet Promises features narrator Joe Arden and Maxine Mitchell, who are two of my top tiers. So. I don't think I've listened to Maxine yet, so I'm excited to hear this. Are you ready to listen? I am. We're busy for the next month. That's good, right? I asked. You're the business genius here. I just play with ink. 
but yes, that's good. Now, don't let your cousin set you up any more dates. Find them for yourself. You know what you're doing. So says the man who dates less than me. That's what you think. I'm more private about it, as it should be. I flipped him off as he stood up, then he gestured towards a stack of bills in the corner. You have a few personal things that made their way here. Don't want you to miss out on them before you head home. Thanks, bro. No problem. I'm going to help Sebastian with his consult, and then I'll clean up. You should head home, though you're doing it alone, so I feel sorry for you. Fuck you, I called out. Fuck you, too. Boys, Mrs. Anderson said in that familiar English teacher refrain, and both Nick and I cringed before saying, sorry, simultaneously. Sebastian snickered, then went back to work, and I headed towards the edge of the counter, picking up the stack of papers. Most were bills, some were random papers that needed to be filed or looked over, some were just junk mail. But there was one letter, written in block print, that didn't look familiar. Chills went up my spine and I opened it, wondering what the fuck this was. Maybe it was someone asking to buy my house. I got a lot of handwritten letters for that, but I didn't think this was going to be that. I swallowed hard, slid open the paper, and froze. I'll find you, boy. Oops, looks like I already did. Be waiting. I know you miss me. I let the paper hit the top of the counter and swallowed hard, trying to remain cool so I didn't worry anyone else. I didn't know who that was from, but I had a horrible feeling that they wouldn't wait long to tell me. You said you're a Montgomery? I asked, slowly piecing together what she'd said before. I needed some caffeine soon if I was going to be able to function the rest of the day. I am. You'll probably meet more of us because a few of us do live in the neighborhood. I met a Montgomery from Colorado once, when I was in Paris. I hadn't meant to say that. I had no idea why I had. It wasn't like I'd thought about him. Much. Or at all. Or ever. Why had I brought it up in the first place? Lake's eyes widened. Really? Well, it's probably not us, since it is a common name, but if you meet one in Colorado, they're more than likely to be related to me. In fact, my cousin is on his way to bum food off of me, since it's my turn to feed him, so I can probably borrow his muscles to help you out, too. You feed him often? I asked. Lake nodded her head. Yeah, we're more like siblings. And we take turns feeding each other, so we're not constantly cooking for one. Oh, I guess that makes sense. We try. Anyway, do you need help? As soon as she asked the words again, a large truck pulled in in front of my house. My eyes widened. I looked out at my still-full SUV, my kid bouncing on his toes, and sighed, giving in. Okay. I could really use your help. Welcome to Colorado. Thank you. Now I just have to not panic when I think about everything I have to do. It's okay, Mom. We're a team. Lake, too. Lake just beamed. Exactly. Let me go change. Oh, there's my cousin now. I'll tell him we're roping him in. You don't have to do that. He does not have to help. I already felt bad about this near stranger helping me out like this. Yes, he does. He's a Montgomery. It's what we do. A man in a large gray truck got out, and I did my best not to look too hard at his jeans. At the way that he filled them out, the way that he moved, at the fact that he was very ripped. I shook myself out of it. I might have dated a few times in the past five years, but it had been long enough for me to apparently lose my mind. Then he moved forward and turned, and I nearly fell right off of my front step. Lake was talking to him, but I knew that face. Those eyes, those cheekbones, that jaw. I knew those lips, those hands. I knew everything. From when I was 18, in a country not my own, in a memory that didn't even feel like mine anymore. Ms. Adler? A man with a gruff voice asked, and I looked towards the man in charge of the moving truck and smiled. That's me. We're here. The whirring in my brain got louder, and I swallowed hard, my throat suddenly dry. You just tell us where to unload, and we've got you. I'll get the few forms for you, but we know the drill. And she's got helpers, 
Lake added as she moved forward, the man who wasn't a stranger but apparently her cousin at her side. I turned to them, eyes wide as Leif Montgomery tripped and nearly fell, staring at me. You? Brooke? he asked. Lake looked between us, her eyes wide, and I gripped Luke's hand, looked at the mover, then back at Leif. A blast from the past. And apparently, the Montgomery I had met in Paris. I want to spoil oh this God. book so no, much. Don't do it. But I'm not going to, but that was an amazing audio, and they absolutely sound like Brooke and Leif and... Oh my God, read this book, you guys. Get this audio. It's so good. I, I'm i really excited to read this. The, like he sees her and almost trips. Yeah, I yeah. That's so much. Um, so actually, like I hadn't read his parents' story before I read this book because it is a next okay. gen. Mm -hmm. And he was a secret baby in his dad and mom's book. Oh. But it's not his mom. It's not his biological mom in that book. It's baby on the doorstep, but really he's a teen middle schooler on a doorstep. Oh, so life is repeating? Yeah. Well, no, no. Well, oh, no. I don't know. I can't. I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> I anyway. don't know. I, I want to know. Okay. Bittersweet Promises is available now wherever you buy your audiobooks. Lyric Audiobooks offers audiobook production services to some of the best indie romance authors. You can find out more about Lyric Audiobooks at uh, www.lyricaudiobooks.com. Okay, Leah, it's that time. having some trouble with the words tonight. I know. It's that, it time. Is that time for book, book of, of the, the week. week. Okay. What was your book of the week this week? So my book of the week this week is Stay Forever by Kaylee Ryan. It is book two in her Kincaid Brothers series. It is a single dad, instant connection, small town romance, and it continues my obsession with Kaylee Ryan. It does. I'm not surprised by that. You were excited about this book and were waiting. And, and it like... lived up to my expectations. It was really well done. And the little girl is age appropriate and adorable. And I love her. And she's in the story, but she doesn't take over the story. And... Um, I've read a couple Kaylee Ryans since you started your Ryan roundup of like chaos and she does a single parent extremely well. I will say her foreshadowing in this book is a little obvious and you'll get it when you read the prologue. Um, it's a little obvious, but I'm okay with that. Like I, I didn't mind it. It didn't bug me. So mm -hmm. anyway, what was Sometimes your book? I don't mind that. What's your book of the week? My book of the week is Princess and the Player by Ilsa Madden Mills. This is book two in her Strangers in Love series. It's an accidental pregnancy, one night stand, close proximity. I went into this book thinking it was going to be a little more rom-commy like book one, but I did not expect the emotional turmoil that I got in this book. It is really good, really well done. The the hero is where most of this emotion comes from. And when you get his story, you're like, wow. But yeah, it was, it was, it was really good. Like this, both these books, Beauty and the Baller and Princess and the Player are exceptional. You do not have to read one to read the other. The only like connection is the fact that the heroes played football together at one point. Well, and those covers are beautiful with the yellows and the blue. I love the they yellow and so the blue. They are so eye-catching. They're uh, really dynamic without being, like, too bright. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, welcome to new Patreon member, Shannon. Uh, we are so excited to have you as a part of the Buzzing About Romance community, and we would love to have you, the listener, join us. Um, we're a good time. We are a good time. We are a lot for some people and we fully admit that and acknowledge that, but you will always have fun with us. You can find bonus content, uh, drunk book club and all the good things that we are doing in our Patreon community at patreon.com slash bookcase and coffee. Um, and you will find a list of all our upcoming dates of events, including book club and happy hours and reading challenges at bookcaseandcoffee.com slash events. Okay. Yeah. 
And it is that time of the year where the clear the TBR challenge happens. It is happening now in honor of the last few weeks of 2022. We are working hard to clear some books that might've been on our shelves for too long and also add about three times as many to it. So, but that's just the fun of it. There are multiple ways to work your way through this challenge. The event itself runs from October 24th to December 31st. So it runs until the very end of the year. We have several group reads planned along the way, working on your goal. Um, if you would like to read them by the end of 2022, you can find details at bookcaseandcoffee.com backslash 2020 clear the TBR backslash. And the next group read that is going to be happening in our Discord channel is Inked Craving by Carrie Ann Ryan. There seems to be a Carrie Ann Ryan theme going. There tonight. is a little bit. Um, and I will say... In fun, uh, Jenny recently started the Carrie Ann Ryan <laughs> rabbit hole, and she is like, I'm never leaving. And I'm like, it is an amazing place to be. It's a delightful place to be. It is. Um, anyway, that was a great interview. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Until next time, everyone. Happy reading, everybody. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.